0: Really tonight what I want to do is I want to continue in the same heart of what Pastor Lee's been ministering on Wednesday nights. So for a little while now, a few weeks now, he's been ministering on Sunday mornings a lot about love in the church and, and loving those who maybe would be unlovable. But on Wednesday nights he's really been preaching a whole lot about the kingdom of God. And honestly, I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that we have a pastor that is sensitive to what the Lord is leading us and and speaking to us. And, um, you know, for some people, hearing about the kingdom of God may not seem like a big deal. But, in fact, it's the most talked about thing in the entire ministry of Jesus. If You go look about what Jesus talked about. He mentioned the kingdom of God over a hundred times. Um, it is by far the most common thing. It's the beginning of the book of Acts, and it's the end of the book of Acts. And so it's a part of the New Testament that's often neglected within the church world because a lot of people just don't understand what to do with it. Uh, kingdom, what? Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And there's all kind of questions, but Pastor Lee has been encouraging us and challenging us of what it really means to be in the kingdom of God and what it really means to live in the kingdom of God and so forth. And so I want to continue in that same heart. I want to continue in that same uh, vein tonight. And I want to minister a word to you that I've really felt like the Lord's put on my heart. And it's really this is what your role is in, the king, in God's kingdom. Your role in God's kingdom. And I was thinking about that. You know, we all know what a role is, right? Um, knowing your role is an important thing in life. I can remember when I was, uh, I don't know, high school. Yeah, I was high school. I didn't play college basketball. But when I played high school basketball, I remember I didn't know my role very well on the team. And I tried to do things that I had really no business doing at times. Um, and it actually hindered the team and put the team back because I was focused on what I wanted to do instead of what my role really was for the team. Um, and, and, and truthfully, it's important for anybody on a sports team or anything is to really know what is your role? What is our role? Particularly tonight when I want to look at us. what is your role as a disciple in the kingdom of God? What is it that God wants us to do? What is the role that he has for us? And really to unpack that idea of the a role of a disciple in the kingdom of God so that us as disciples can live this out. That we can live it out by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit that he gives us the ability to do these things. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look in the book of Mark. So if you would have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 3. I'm going to read this passage to us and then we're going to pray. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just strengthen us tonight. I would ask you to pray for me. I just, I just need God. I desperately need him. I feel tired. I feel weak. But I know that he's great and I know that he's greater than my weakness and my inabilities. And so I just want to give my heart to him. And I ask that God would just speak to us. And so tonight we're going to talk about your role in, in God's kingdom or in the kingdom of God. And really just unpack to the disciple, what does it mean to live out the role that God has for us. And so if you're in Mark chapter 3, you can start in verse 13. And this is where Jesus is going to call his 12 disciples or apostles to him. It says in verse 13, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. And to have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who he called sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So I want to look into this passage and I want to unpack. Really, what is it like? Because when you read this, you're like, okay, we've all read the list of the disciples before. Maybe we all have. We've read the list of disciples before. But this passage is actually really relevant to our life. And the way I believe it's relevant to our life is because what it teaches us about how a disciple's role is living in the kingdom of God. So let's just pray one, uh, this moment and ask God to really move in our hearts. And Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you. And Lord, I just confess, Lord, I need you. We need you, God. All of us in this room tonight, God. We could come and we can sit and we can hear words and we can hear people preach and so forth, God. But what really matters, God, is if the Holy Spirit has his way in our heart. I pray, Lord, that you would give us an unction not only to, to hear, God, but an unction for me to preach. An unction in all of this for all that we do tonight, God, that everything would be to glorify you, Jesus. To honor you, to bring glory to your name, to magnify you. And Lord, to stir us, God, to stir our hearts to love you, to stir our hearts to walk as, as you've called us to walk, to stir our hearts to be obedient to the things you've called us to be obedient in, God. And Lord, as we look at this passage, God, I pray that it really would challenge us and stir us, God, to know what is my role as a disciple in the kingdom of God in this moment in time and until you return. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this passage that we just read, Mark chapter 3, just kind of summarize it up. It's a very simple passage. There's not a lot to it. But when you read it, what it really is, is at this point in Jesus' ministry, Jesus has become very popular. If you read through the Gospels of Mark, you'll see see very quickly that up until this point, the crowds are following him. They're attracted to him. He can't even get a moment of quietness, a moment away. All of these sort of things have kind of happened to his life. He's been healing the sick. He's been casting on demons. He's been uh, ministering to need after need after need and so forth. And so everything's culminating to this point where Jesus then, in this section, goes up on top of the mountain and he calls his disciples to him. And he calls these disciples out of the crowds. And what he does in this passage is that he gives the reason why he's called these disciples. What is the purpose of Jesus calling these disciples? And when you read this passage, it makes it very clear what his reasons for were for calling these disciples. When you look at the passage, it says that he called them really for these three things. And this is what I want to look at tonight. is these three things that he has called disciples for. And this is what he's doing. The first thing you see is that he called them to be with him. Second thing you see is he's called them to preach. And the third thing you see is that he's called them to cast out demons. And I want to look at this because those are the things that I would say for you and I as disciples of Jesus in this room tonight. If you're a born-again believer, you are a disciple of Jesus. Jesus, the role that you have in the kingdom of God is those things. And to look at those tonight. So what I want to do is I'm actually going to start from reverse order. I'm going to start from the bottom of it where the last one that you read is when you read it, it says that Jesus, he... He, he called them to himself so that they could cast out demons. And I want to start there. And this is what you see in regards to the kingdom of God, in regards to what Jesus is saying through this, is that Jesus is declaring when he says, I want them to be yeah, to cast out demons. So I'm going to give them my authority. He's saying that the role of a disciple in the kingdom is to demonstrate the power of the kingdom. All right? To demonstrate the power of the kingdom. Again, up until this point, Jesus has done all the ministry. The disciples really haven't done anything. They've, they were called by Jesus in Mark chapter 1, but they really haven't done much with their lives. They've just kind of been around with Jesus, and Jesus is doing all the work. And then now at this point, Jesus makes a shift in his ministry. And the shift becomes where Jesus is the one who's been demonstrating the power of the kingdom over and over again. Jesus' ministry was a ministry of power. We all know that, and we would all agree to that. But the reality is what Jesus does here is he now says, not only is the ministry that's coming out of me is to demonstrate the power of the kingdom, but now my very disciples are to demonstrate and make known the power of the kingdom of god because i'm going to give them my authority to do so and we have to understand that we have to believe that because what it's what it teaches us and what it helps us understand is that those who are the disciples of jesus have the authority of jesus to to, to advance and to demonstrate god's power in the earth and I just really asks us do we believe that tonight not because not not because you've heard it in a sermon or because you even read it in the bible but do you believe it in the, in the way that we live our life does it reflect by the way we live God's kingdom is not one of weakness and we would all agree to that. But truthfully when you read through the Bible and you read through the New Testament, when Jesus came to earth Jesus came to earth to usher in the kingdom of God, to bring the kingdom onto the earth. One day he's going to bring it into his full in the fullness, he's going to consummate it, he's going to perfect it when he comes again but when he initially came the first time he came to bring the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not something that is weak, but it is something that is powerful. It is something that is taking over. When you can think It's like this when jesus came and he brought the kingdom of god to the earth he was not coming to just kind of say oh here's a here's a little message no he was coming to bring power he was coming to to declare and i would say like to declare war on the kingdoms of this world every other kingdom that opposed the kingdom of god jesus was saying the kingdom of god and its power is going to overthrow those it's going to show how much greater god's kingdom is than that and so when you read this passage what jesus says to his disciples he makes a statement where he says he called them to himself for what purpose so that they could cast out demons. In other words, that so those disciples could begin to demonstrate the power of the kingdom where they are at. Jesus would send them out. Jesus would pull the push them out. Jesus would tell them to go. He, and the word apostle means sent. So in other words, he's sending them out to demonstrate the power of the kingdom wherever they would go and wh- however it be done. And so Jesus does it how? By giving them their, his, his authority. The authority of Jesus is the very means in by which they are able to make real the kingdom of God's power in the earth. That is the only way they are able to do it. That is the only possible way any of us as disciples could fulfill this role as people who are called to demonstrate the power of the kingdom is because the authority of Jesus Christ has been given to you so that you can go into places and demonstrate God's kingdom where, and its power where you're at. And I say this to us, and I, and I encourage you with this, is that here's the, here's the truth for us, we have to understand, is that the kingdom must be made a reality in the earth. It must be made a reality in the earth. The power of God's kingdom must be made real in the earth. And church, the way that will happen is for you and I, the Church of Jesus Christ and the believers of Jesus Christ, to understand that God has, has called his disciples in the earth to demonstrate that power. He has not called us to come to church just to come to church. Like really. He hasn't called us to come on Sundays and Wednesdays and Sunday nights and and Bible studies just to continue in a habit of things. Yes, we should have the habit of coming to church, but it is so that we can go and demonstrate the power of God in the earth today. It is so that we can go where the world is broken and where the world is ruined and invade that with the power of God's kingdom and bring down strongholds. That's what he was telling them to do. To cast out demons was to what? To tear down the strongholds of the enemy. To set free those that were enslaved. To set free those who were in bondage. This was the ministry of Jesus. And now the ministry of the disciples would be the same. And so for every single one of us in the room to understand this. As a, a role in the kingdom of God is to be one that we demonstrate the power of the kingdom wherever God would send us. And wherever God would call us to. This is the reality. This is what we, this is what we are to begin to live out. This is what God has begin, wants to do through us. And I was thinking about this silly illustration of it when I was um, in college i I was a i don 't remember what year it was, maybe my junior year, but at the time, I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach and so I, I got partnered with the 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 professor who um, Led all the strength and conditioning for the school, and he was working with the, ba- the base- baseball team early in the morning. I remember he asked me, he said, Hey, I can tell that you really enjoy this, and you're really, you're really, you're pretty good at this, and you can you spot things well. So I'm going to ask you to come and to help me train these guys. And these were the athletes of the school. And I remember him saying to me, He said, and, But I want you to know that when you come, you are going to have full authority to correct whatever you see. You have the ability. If you see something wrong, you correct it. If you see something going wrong in the weight room or if you feel like this, you have the authority to do it because I'm the head of the weight room and I'm giving you the authority to correct whatever's going wrong in the room because you can pick it out and you can see it. And I remember going to that weight room and I was pretty excited because I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, but I remember going in there and I remember being so timid. I remember I was in the room and there was a bunch of like, and these guys are doing these weightlifting movements and they're doing a horrible job on it. And I was so timid and cowardly. I just, I would go week day after day after day to this, this same wor- workout and sitting there and watch them. And I never said a word. And then they would continue to do the wrong thing over and over and over again. Because I was so afraid and timid, and many of you may not know that about me, but naturally I'm not a very bold person when it comes to things. I tend to be very timid and reserved in that way. And so I would just sit back and I would just be like, uh, you know, looking like, oh, they're ma- making a mistake over there and they're making a mistake over there. Recognizing that, but I recognized that I, did, I what it was is that I was too afraid to say anything at all. While all the while, all these problems were going on around me in the weight room that could have actually led to injury over time. And I was thinking about that, how simple that is. is That's the reality of many of us sometimes. We all know in this room, Jesus has called you and I as disciples to demonstrate the power of the kingdom. Right. Like we we have been called to demonstrate God's power on the earth. How else is God going to have the means or the ways to demonstrate his power on the earth? It's through the church. It's through the believer believing that they have been given the authority and not sitting back in a timid position or a coward position and saying, I can't do anything about that person at my workplace. Yes, you can. And I mean that. Who is it in your life that is dealing with severe anxiety? Who it is it in your life that deals with Depression. or or, or suicidal battles, or whatever it might be, or who it is in your life that is is biting demonic oppression, or however it might be, that is part of this world and the system. Guess what? Jesus has given you authority to go and to take that on and to, to use it for God's glory, to demonstrate the kingdom's power in the earth. We're not just here, to just do the church thing. We're not just here to buy time until Jesus returns, and then, we, and then all of a sudden we get to go to heaven. It is that we, at this moment in time, Jesus has left us here to full bring upon the power of God and the earth today. And how does he do it? He does it through his church. How does he do it through his church? Through signs and wonders, through the spiritual gifts. Through people saying, I'm going to live by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural love filled life that when people when there are people who are completely depressed and overcome, I'm going to bring love into the situation. That's that's bringing the kingdom of God to people. That's actually exposing them to the kingdom of God where they are at. Depressed, downcast people need to see the demonstration of the kingdom of God through the love of the people of God coming out towards them. And this is the reality that we must, we must have, that we must desire, is that God make the kingdom of God and the power of the kingdom of God come out of my life. Let me not just settle for what, what, I, what I've always known as Christianity, or these little things of Christianity, but let it be something that totally just changes me. And uses me for your kingdom. I was thinking about Chloe Atwell when I was preparing this sermon. And she was talking to me a few weeks ago about... She works at the ICU at the General. And God has used her life greatly recently. God has really, just really challenged her heart to be bold for Jesus. And to understand that where she is at, Jesus has placed her there to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And the power of God where that situation is. And she was telling me about a few weeks ago about a situation where this person was in the ICU... And it looked like he was going to die. He wasn't going to make it. And I think one of the family members even told you he's not going to make it. And she said to him, I believe he is because I believe God is able to do it. And she began to pray over this person, pray over the circumstance, y'all. And I know that sometimes we can hear that and be like, okay. But listen, what she actually did was saying, I believe that God has put me here to demonstrate God's power, the kingdom's power in this circumstance. And maybe she didn't know she was doing it. But she was saying, I believe that God's power in this situation, the kingdom of God's power can do something in this matter. And when that happened, she can tell yourself, the man lived. Not, he, they expected him to die, but not only that, he lived and he was fine and so forth. And so you can even imagine like that, that is the declaration. That is the demonstration of someone stepping out in faith and saying, I believe God's kingdom is meant to be shown today in its power. And this is what God has called us to do. You know the Bible describes the kingdom of God? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Right? And I'd ask you this. Is that the description of your life? Because here, here's the reality. You may go to work. Some of you men, you may go to work. And maybe you ladies, you go to work. And you go in an environment where everything is chaos right now in the society. Or maybe in your own job, there's, there's not a lot of work, there's not a lot of things going on, and people are stressed out, and people have anxiety, and they have fear, and they have doubt. You know what our lives are? We bring the, ke- the kingdom of God, the power of the kingdom of God, into that environment, which is the kingdom that is known as righteousness, peace, and joy. And you walk in there with a supernatural peace and a supernatural joy, and what happens is, is that that is the demonstration of the power of the kingdom in that workplace. And it opens the doors for so much more ministry into their life. But for us to understand very simply, this is what we're called to, to demonstrate the power of the kingdom in the earth today. So as a disciple, what is my role? My role is to live a life that demonstrates the power of the kingdom, to make it known, to manifest it, to bring the presence or the reality of the power of the kingdom to wherever I go. And so I just say to us, would you step out in faith and do it? It's not, it's not a complicated thing. It's the simplicity of believing this truth. That authority has been given to disciples to bring the power of the kingdom to where they're at. That's it. Would we'll you step out in faith and do it? And you say, well, wh- where do I do it? I just say it very simply. Where you are is where God has called you to demonstrate his power. Don't, don't try to figure, okay, I gotta, is, it, is it this place, this? Where are you right now? Just answer that question. Where are you right now? Where has God put you? Where do you work? Who are you around? That is where God has said, I want to demonstrate the power of my kingdom. If, if that place needs supernatural love, the power of the kingdom of God through love must go there. If that place needs signs and wonders, guess what? Step out in faith and be the one to believe that God will perform a miracle because his kingdom is of power. It is not weak. It is invading this earth. Think about it. Everything in Jesus' ministry, when Jesus was preaching, when he came and did everything, did he come with just a weak ministry? Did the kingdom of God come in weakness? It came in power, in demonstration, in miracles, in signs, and wonders, and we must believe that too. Pastor Lee has said this so much to us, but it's so true, that the full gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, is fully declared and preached when the signs and miracles follow. Signs and miracles can be a variety of things. It's not just raising somebody from the dead or somebody growing a new arm. It can be a variety of things. It can be the display of a supernatural love that nobody else could imagine. But it can be all. It could be miracles too. It could be someone being healed physical. It could be the demonic being cast out. But here's the reality is that G, Pastor Lee has taught us that in Romans 14 to truly believe that the kingdom of God and that the gospel of the kingdom is truly preached is to know that signs and wonders follow. So just ask us tonight, can we believe for that? And can we not just settle with this, This I, I agree, I agree, I agree, but step out in faith. Andrew made a statement on Sunday where he said, it is, it is the way we live our life that really reflects what we believe ultimately. The pattern of our life. If we believe that God has called us and the role of us as disciples to demonstrate the power of the kingdom and the earth, then let our lives reflect that. Let our lives be willing to step out when we may be the awkward person to pray for somebody who in our workplace who's really struggling that day or to believe them for a miracle and lay our hands for them. Let us do it for the kingdom of God. Let us do it for what Jesus called us to do. The second thing that you see in this passage, that I'd say that you see very simply, is not only is that the role of a disciple is to demonstrate the, the power of the kingdom, but it is to declare the message of the kingdom. In this passage, it says right here that Jesus, he called these men to himself, and he said that they would come, and what did he want them to come for? He said so that they might be with him, he might send them out to preach, and they might have authority to cast out demons. The authority to cast out demons so they could demonstrate the power of the kingdom, but not only that, but that they might preach. And this is our call. As our role as disciples in the kingdom of God is to declare the message of the kingdom, to Preach. Now, this isn't talking about that every single one of us is going to get behind a pulpit and preach. We, we usually hear the word preach and we automatically begin to think the preacher. What is the preacher's sermon going to be? This isn't what he's talking about. This is not what it's declared. Because just like Jesus, with the same thing with the signs and wonders and the miracles and the demonstration of the power of the kingdom. Up until this point, Jesus has done all the preaching. They haven't preached at all. They haven't done anything, but Jesus is now going to call his disciples to begin to preach, to begin to declare the message of the kingdom. And so Jesus does this right here where he brings these disciples to him and he says, I want you guys to begin to preach and to declare the message. And the question would be, is what is that message? It's very simple. It is what Jesus had been preaching. It's the message that Jesus had been preaching. And if you're familiar with the gospel of Mark, you can always turn back to Mark chapter 1, and it says what Jesus was preaching. Jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent now, believe, and follow King Jesus. This was the message that Jesus was preaching. And this is what we're called to preach. We're called to go and declare the message of Jesus' kingdom. The message of the kingdom is simply this, is that King Jesus has come. Right now, in this earth, Jesus, when he came 2,000 years ago, he came to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. And in doing so, he gave access to all humanity into the kingdom, away into the kingdom that no one had access to before. And, and now, what we are stating, we are here now, where we are calling people, saying, come into the kingdom of God. Come and join into God's kingdom where there is happiness and there's joy and there's peace and there's righteousness and the Holy Spirit. The description of the kingdom. All of this is found in the kingdom of God. Because if you don't, there will come a day when the king will come again. And where he came before, inviting people into the kingdom, he will come and punish those who have rejected entry into the kingdom. This is the reality. This is the message that we preach. We go to people and we let them know Jesus has come. And when he came, he came that men could come into the kingdom so that they could be with the Father. But one day he's going to come again. He departed, he re- resurrected, he departed, and he's going to come again. When he comes again, it won't be like the first time, but he'll come to bring judgment for all those who've rejected him as king. But here's the good news for you the entry into the kingdom is the simplest thing in the world. It's really this you repent of your sins. You believe and trust in Jesus and you follow him. It is the grace and his faith. It is all of those things. And so we go and we herald this message. What is the role of a disciple to declare this message? Jesus has come. That sounds kind of like, let's be honest. That sounds crazy to begin to talk like that. To go to people and say, hey, this Jesus, he was the king of all the universe. And he came and he established a kingdom that everyone in this room and everybody in this world has the opportunity to experience and it's present and it's real and a reality that they can enjoy and they can be a part of. But the way into the kingdom is not like you think. You don't earn your way into the kingdom. You come into the kingdom by repenting and placing your faith in Jesus to save you. And he brings you into this kingdom. And we call people to that. And if they reject us, Unfortunately, that's where many people find. But we don't, we don't preach based off of whether we're going to be rejected or not. We preach because this is the role that Jesus has given us until he returns. And we call people to this task. We call each other. We call people to believe the gospel. We call them into these things. It's the same thing here with this. We are called to declare the message of the kingdom. And so we step out in faith and do it. Just like Wendy Aboot had to step out at LSU. She, called, she stepped out in faith. And lived as the role of the disciple, as a disciple, as Jesus called her, to proclaim the message of the kingdom. That King Jesus has come. And he's come to save the world. And he's come to establish his kingdom, the kingdom of God here. And he's calling you into it. Would you repent? Would you come in? Would you take the life that he desires to give you? Would you come into what he offers us? Would you come and know the joy of surrendering your life to him and so forth? And live this life out. This is what it is for us to step out in faith and to do such. And will require for us to begin, if we were to begin to declare the message of the kingdom, it's going to require for us to begin to build relationships with people in the law so that we can declare the message with them. It's going to say this, that we can't build white ivory towers around ourselves. Jesus did not build a white ivory tower around himself in any way or fashion at all, right? Nothing at all. Jesus rubbed shoulders with sinners all the time. He rubbed shoulders with them. He ate with them. He had them over. He spent time with them. He went into their house. And I'll just say this guys, we cannot declare the message of the kingdom if we are not rubbing shoulders, shoulders with those who are in need of the message. And I'm not talking about just because you work with them, and that's the only time you're talking about saying, show interest into the person you work with. Do some. Invite them over. Bring them into your house. Be hospitable. Hospitality was one of the greatest trademarks of the early church. There was a Roman emperor, I can't remember his name, but this Roman emperor, he, he tried, he was writing this letter to his pagan priest because he said these Christians, and he called them, he called them the, the, the Galileans because he didn't have a name for me. He said, the Galileans are ruining our empire with their love. And so I'm commanding you to begin to outlove them. Go and love them, love the other people better than they would, knowing, not knowing, of course, that they could, he, they could not do that. They couldn't do something supernatural. And this is the truth that we are called to, is that every single one of us are called to bring the message. But how can we bring the message? Love them. Let hospitality be the the avenue or the vehicle that brings that door where you can proclaim and declare the message of the kingdom that Jesus has called you as a disciple to this task. It's not just for the few. It's not just for the evangelist. It's not just for somebody else. It's for every single one of us to engage in this as a disciple of Jesus, to declare the message of it. There's a young man in our church right now, Christian right now. He's been building this friendship with a friend of his. And you know, you, sometimes you think, like, okay, if, what, if, I, if, I, if I make this decision to all of a sudden enter into what we maybe say the spiritual, right? The Christian topic, is this going to ruin everything? How's it going to go? How's my relationship going to be? It's going to be awkward. And I was talking with Christian, and we were praying about God using him in people's lives, and he wanted to be used of God, and he began to seek God. And the Lord put something, somebody on his heart that he had a long relationship with, and he said, I just don't know if I, you know, if I say anything to him, well, how is it going to turn, turn out? Is it, it going to be closed off? And what Christian did is Christian just simply asked him, he said, hey, would you be willing to um, read the Bible with me? And this kid had really no understanding of the Bible and really no desire for the Bible that Christian knew. And the boy said to Christian, absolutely, absolutely. And Christian Ivy, who's an 18-year-old boy, has begun walking with this other friend of his now and began to help him come to know the, the message of the kingdom, that Jesus is calling him into his kingdom and inviting him in. And so this is what we are all called to. We're all called to this task. And so I just say to us, would you build relationships with lost people? Would you pray for opportunities? Would you begin to seek God for this? One thing I'd say that also with this is that this doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be this grueling task. I think sometimes we think, okay, now that means Felix is saying this, so now I have to go to LSU and I have to meet strangers and go share the gospel. Not necessarily. If God leads you there, praise God. Or if God leads you to somewhere else, praise God. But here's the truth. Jesus actually kind of taught his disciples in a very similar passage how to handle these things. In Mark chapter 6, he said this. He says to his disciples, he said, I'm sending you out to go cast out demons and again to go preach. It's almost a verbatim kind of situation. But then he says this in verse 10. He makes this statement. He says, if if people reject you, or in other words, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, then when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet, feet, your feet as a testimony against them. In other words, what Jesus was saying here is this. Look, we are all called to proclaim, to declare the message of the kingdom, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God has come through Jesus and he has welcomed us all into this. But here's the deal. If you go and you begin to minister to people and and they're like, I'm open to it. Stay there. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm interested. Stay there. Don't move off of that. Stay there until the Holy Spirit says anything otherwise. If you enter into someone, you begin to bridge that conversation, and they say to you, yeah, I would like to know more about Christianity. I'd like to know more about your faith. I'd like to have, I'd like to have coffee over, whatever. Stay in that relationship. That's what he's saying. Stay there in that house. But if they reject you, then leave and dust, the, dust your feet off as a sign Right? In other words, you don't have to live with this pressure that you have to go around and convince every single person to get born again or to receive the kingdom. That's not your job. If people have rejected the message of the king, you've done your job. What we are called to do is if, if they're open to it, we stay and we minister faithfully and declare the message of the kingdom that Jesus called us to do. But if they're not open to it, we don't have to try to force something. We don't have to try to make something happen. And if they're not open to it, the only thing we can begin to do at this point is to begin to pray, God, you get in their, wor- their heart. You begin by the Holy Spirit, begin to soften it, that they will become open to the message of the kingdom, to, the, to the, the word of God, to the things of God. But until then, you pray, and you ask the Holy Spirit to work greatly in their heart, because we can do more damage if we try to shove the gospel down someone's throat that has already rejected it straight at us. But if people who are open to it, I say, y'all, those are the people, begin to chase them. Love them. Do everything you know to do to, to give them the opportunity to hear the message of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and bring it to them in power and demonstration with your life and evidence in every way. And so this is what Jesus called us to. Is as, the, as people of God, our role in God's kingdom is very simple. It's to demonstrate the power of the kingdom. It's to declare the message of the kingdom. And then the last thing is this. And though it's not the last thing in the list, technically it's the first thing. I want to save it for last because I think it, it is the most important. Because before Jesus says anything about demonstrating the power of the kingdom or declaring the message of the kingdom or preaching or any of those sort of things, this is what Jesus says. He calls his disciples to be with him. So what I don't know if you I don't know if a role is the right word or or task or whatever the most important thing and the first and foremost thing for a disciple is this is to be with jesus It is better than anything else. It is the most important thing It is the foundation for the ability to demonstrate the power of the kingdom and to declare the message of the kingdom without this those other things are just tasks that you could do. Those are joyful things, but they are not the joy of the kingdom. The joy of the kingdom is the king himself. And as a disciple, we need to be reminded of this. When you read this passage, I would say it like this. is very simple. It's that Jesus is saying, delight in the king of the kingdom. For us to know that, we, yes, we demonstrate, we declare, but we also delight in the king of the kingdom, and we dwell with the king of the kingdom. As a disciple, what are you called to? To be with Jesus. And 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 I just ask you in our own lives, like I I can't assess your life. Only the Holy Spirit can search your heart and show you. But to be honest with ourselves and to really allow the Lord to examine us, are we are we letting our are we living in such a way that we are delighting to be with King Jesus? Because Jesus really is the joy of the kingdom. To delight in the King of the kingdom is what we are called to do. Jesus called his disciples in this passage to be with Him, and we and so just like He says in other places in the New Testament, we're called to abide with Him. He says, abide in me. This is what he says. And then you truly are my disciple. If you abide in me. He even says in John 15, that what are we called to do? To abide in his love. Before we do anything else, are we abiding? Are we, are we, are we with? Are we having intimacy? Are we walking with? Are we knowing? Are we longing for? Are we dwelling with? Are we, being, are we allowing Jesus to love on us? Like really? Really? Like this, 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 is the foundation for all of our Christian life is to let Jesus love you, to let his love affect you, to get in a place where you delight in him, to dwell with him, to know him. This is the joy of the kingdom. This is the call for all disciples everywhere is this is to be people who are so in love with Jesus. Jesus was not concerned about them preaching and he was not concerned about them working miracles if but before he was concerned with him being with him, he's not concerned about what you can go do for him this week. He's concerned about what you be with him this week. And if you are with him this week, those things will take place. Those things will begin to happen. But he's concerned about had you taken the time to be with him. And I, I, I'm not I'm not saying this means, OK, I read my Bible 30 minutes. You you know when you're with him. Right. You know the difference. Like I know when I can, to be honest with you, I know when I can spend time with my wife and I'm actually with her and spending time with her versus just we're in the same room and maybe I'm on my phone or she's on her phone or whatever it might be. There's a big difference. And sometimes for us as Christians, we walk around and we're like, I was with Jesus today, but it was more like that experience. I know you're here, but I'm really distracted from you. I'm really not that close with you. I'm really not that desiring to be with you. And Jesus says, I will want my disciples to be with me to delight in me, to enter into a room and be like, you're here. I want to be with you today. I want to love you today. I want to be near to you today. And truthfully, y'all, this is why God the Father sent Jesus. We talk about the kingdom of God. We talk about how the kingdom of God is power and the kingdom of God. There's a message behind it, and there's the king of the kingdom. But really, this is God the Father. The whole thing why God the Father had the kingdom and wanted a kingdom was because he wanted you in it. He wanted you in his kingdom. This is why he sent Jesus, because the God of all creation, the God who created all things, desired you to be in his family. This is what he desired. And so what what was the whole motive of God in, in the beginning with everything, right? With Adam and Eve, why did he even create them? He didn't have to create them. He didn't need them. He didn't have to create something like that. He already had, he already ruled and reigned, but he created them because he wanted people in his kingdom that he could be with and that he could love. And that he could show his blessing towards, and that he could show his favor towards, and he could show his kindness towards, and he could show his grace and his goodness towards. And this is what God desires with us. He says, just come be with me so that I can show you my grace, my goodness, my kindness, that you allow me to lavish upon you all that I am in my goodness. This is what it was in the garden, and this is why he wanted Jesus to restore the kingdom. This is why he wanted Jesus to bring the kingdom to earth, so that people everywhere who were once far removed from the The kingdom of God could now experience the kingdom of God, and experiencing the kingdom of God, what they could experience is truly intimacy with the Father in the kingdom. That they could experience the love of the Father poured out over them because they've entered into it. And so, for each one of us, this is the simple truth is that for us, we must understand. It is not a task to love Jesus. It is not a task that we have to be called to. It is the simplicity that we are called to just say, we are to delight in Him. We are to just dwell with Him, to abide in Him. And as we do, the Father lavishes His great love upon us. This is what He desires for us. This is what He longs for us with. And so for our lives, what do we need to do? We need to slow down. Do you need to slow down? Then slow down. There's nothing worth moving at a pace that keeps you from intimacy with God. Nothing in this life is worth moving at a pace that would keep you from an intimate walk with God. I say that to myself. Nothing. Intimacy with God is the greatest thing that God has called us to. This life together with Him. And from that will flow everything. You need to set time aside? Then be practical about it. Step out and do it. Set time aside if you have to. Be intentional about it. Take time to just listen. I just wonder, have you ever just taken time to just sit and listen? And just say, God, I'm not here to petition. I'm just here to enjoy you. And if I hear you, I hear you. If I don't hear you, I enjoy you regardless. When you do that, you begin to build a pattern of that in your life by God's grace teaching you and exposing you to that. You begin to, see, there's a sweetness. You look, you long for those times and you long for those moments because you begin to taste of a thing, of an intimacy that maybe you've never known because so much oftentimes we just run in a charging, blaring and blaring and blaring and just petition after petition after petition. Not that petitions don't have their place. Jesus teaches us to petition, but he also teaches us to just be with him. And so we're called to do that. So we are called to enjoy him, to intimately be with him, to remove whatever it is that the Holy Spirit would say that is keeping us from intimacy with him. I'm not saying to remove whatever you think is keeping you. I'm saying to remove whatever the Holy Spirit has said to you. This is keeping you from an intimacy with, with Jesus. This is keeping you from being with him. And my greatest thing that I want for my disciples is to be with me. And that is the call from there will flow the ability to demonstrate the power of the kingdom in the world today. And from there will become the ability to to declare the message of the kingdom to the lost around us. But it all starts with this. Just I'm here for you. I'm here to be with you. And I just I've often thought about this, how easy it is and how sad it is. And I'm, I'm this is me. Maybe not you, but this is me. I would imagine it's most of us, though, is that we, we truly do not understand how beautiful of an offer this is. That the God of all the universe, who is all, all joy and all delight and all beauty and all greatness, is calling you and I to a deep, not, not a shallow, a deep intimacy tonight. A place of, of like just great joy. A place of feeling so just in, in, in just wrapped in his love and overtaken by his love. This is what Jesus wants to offer us. But it does require this of us. It requires for us to say, I want to be with you. Maybe, maybe I struggle with it, but I I, I want to delight in you. God help me to learn to delight in you. And this is what he's asking us. And so, musicians, you can come up, and this is what I want to, this is how I want to close tonight. As much as I want to say the role, your role, we need to know our role in the kingdom of God. Yes, your role today, guys, is absolutely to demonstrate the power of God wherever you go. Whether that's in the actions of your life or the miracles that are supposed to come out of it, that is true. This is supposed to happen. And yes, you are called to declare the message of the kingdom. And I encourage you to do so in such a way where you begin to call people to understand that Jesus has come. The kingdom has come. The king calls you. And he wants you in his kingdom, and it's simple entry into it. Repent, believe, and follow. But to do so, looking for the lost around you, not building a white ivory tower around your life, but pulling people in, going to the people who are open to hearing about Jesus, and bring them in. Do whatever it takes. Be hospitable people. Church, I think we are one of the most hospitable people to, when, the church, when churches come here. One of the things that, when we do the Encourage Conference, you know what the other churches always say about us? They always say, This church is so hospitable. They, they talk about it all the time. They tell us about how hospitable it is. And I completely agree. We're so hospitable to these churches that come. But can we take it up on, uh, even more and say, can we be hospitable to lost people? Who's a lost person in your life right now that like God would say, bring them in. Put your arms around them. Love on them. All of this. But all of this really could just become a task of doing and chasing and, and checking off boxes, as Andrew likes to say, checking off boxes. If it's not driven out of the greatest thing, the first thing Jesus says, for his disciples it is this, to delight in the king of the kingdom. The joy of the kingdom is the king himself. If you want to have a joyful life, come learn to delight in Jesus. Come, just spend time with him. Ask him to show you. If you don't know what it is, just be silent then. And make that a routine of your life. Let him do it. And so I just say, if we stand together And what I'd like to do in closing tonight is this. Could we just take time and just be with Jesus? That's it. Like, I just want to be with Jesus. You can find a place in the altar. You can find a place at your seat. But don't, don't, like, church, it is easy to do church. It is easy to gather here. But the most important thing is for you and I to meet with Jesus. That is more important than any other thing. And so I just say to you, could we take the time to say, Jesus, I hear it. My role as a disciple is to declare, it is to demonstrate your kingdom, the power and the message. And those things must be done. But in order for those things must be done, there must be an intimacy in my life. And I acknowledge it. maybe I have not walked as intimate with you, but I want to delight in you. I want to rejoice in you. I want to know the joy of the kingdom of God, and that is the King Himself, Jesus. There is no one like Him. There has never been anyone like Him. There will never be anyone like Him. And church, I just say, would you would you ask the Holy Spirit to wow you with Jesus? Because He's the one that reveals the Son. Would you ask Him, wow me? I've often said this and I truly believe this, that the greatest need that we have is for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the beauty of Jesus because there's no other way of it happening than the Holy Spirit to show us how wonderful Jesus is. And it is only when we see how wonderful and beautiful Jesus is that our lives begin to love Him in return. And so just pray, we could pray together if you could even pray with one another that you just think we would pray, God help us help us to begin to live a life in such a way that we would delight in the king, that we would dwell with the king, Heavenly Father Lord we just come before you Jesus and we ask you God, Lord for us to just be strengthened tonight Lord to know that yes, the kingdom of God is a reality, it's a present reality in the earth today it's something that we can experience. And it's something that we are actually called to demonstrate and to, to, to show to the world, to demonstrate to the lost and the broken through signs and miracles and spiritual gifts in the church. God, and then, yes, it's true that we're called to declare the message of the kingdom, that Jesus has come and he's established his kingdom on earth, and he calls all men to repentance and into his kingdom today. But, Lord, even more than those, God, you've called us to delight in the King. And I've just prayed, God, I ask, God, would you help us to delight in you? God, oh, like the song says, we, our hearts are so prone to wonder. We're so prone to wonder from you. We're so prone to look for other delights, from other things to buy, abide in, to other things to seek our happiness from. But God, there's no nothing that competes or compares to, to the joy that you bring, King Jesus. And I just ask God that you would help us tonight by your grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit to delight in you, to dwell in you, to abide in you, to be established in your love, to be established in your greatness and your goodness that would cause every other area of our life to flourish. And So for us to know what is our role tonight, it's to simply to enjoy Jesus, to allow him to love on you. Church, I say that you allow Jesus tonight to love on you. In your sin, whatever you came in with, if you came in with your failures today, if you came in with failures yesterday, if you came in with your failure or the failures you're gonna have tomorrow, let's be honest. Allow him to love on you despite all of those things. Allow him to pour his love, to shed his love abroad into your heart by his spirit, so that you can delight in him tonight. So, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Help us as your disciples to live these out, to live these things out, God truly delight in the King, for you're the joy of the kingdom. You and you alone are worthy, Jesus. We thank you, Father.